Yeah, man, that's awesome. The what are the pictures on the wall, dude? Is that pictures of you fishing or where are you at? No, uh, I'm actually in Isaac's office right now doing uh, this. So uh that's him fishing. There's picture with one of his friends and one one of his dad, him and his nice. dad. So nice. I was gonna say I'm trying to see the picture. I'm like, those don't look like you, which is weird because I'm like, why would Dempsey have just other dudes fishing on his wall? <laughs> no, nah, I'm in Isaac's <laughs> office right now. That's great, dude. But it, it's funny that you opened by kind of saying you were in hiding, man, because that's how it felt. Like when uh when Ryan announced that you were back, like I, I started working for 247 a little more consistently before this last Brawl on the Bird show. And whenever they made that fight announcement, I was like, holy, you know what I mean? Like Dempsey's back. Like that was not even a consideration in my mind, man. How, how long had you been stewing on that and kind of thinking about pulling the trigger? Uh, so I've been thinking about it for, I don't know, like five, six months. But about two or three months ago, we were like, all right, we're going to do this. And then um, so then about probably about two months ago, we told Ryan, uh, they offered somebody for Jake to fight and we knew the commissioner wasn't going to approve it because he had way too many fights. And, uh, so we were like, well, Jake can't fight him, but, uh, what about me? And they're like, wait a second. And they thought we were joking at first, but then, uh, uh, we were like, no, we're serious. Like we'll take that fight. And the guy ended up not fighting me, but, uh, they went and started looking after that. And that's how this all came to about. Oh, man, that's sick. So I've been obviously following you on Instagram, all your social and stuff. I see that you stayed super busy grappling, man. It looked like you were going really hard after kind of that pro grappling angle. I saw you on a subversive card, I think, some IBJJF events and things like that. How much did that help just kind of keep you in shape, but probably more importantly, mentally kind of in that fight competitive spirit? Uh, it's probably like the, the competition side, definitely more mental because I never really stopped working out, but when you don't have anything to work out for, you, you tend to get a little bit more lackadaisical. And especially when you're going with newer people, it's you don't want to be a jerk and just smash everybody that's new. So you kind of get into more of a, a coach mentality, I guess. So you're not really you're not really pushing hard. And then the competitions come up and you have to push hard. You, you don't have any other choice or. Your other choice, I guess, is to lose, which I don't like doing. So um, it, mentally, it definitely helped me get stay ready for something like this. Yeah, man, you mentioned Jake a second ago. I assume you're talking about Jake Lowry, who just main evented the Brawl in the Berg. Also trains yeah. at the Matt Factory for people just catching up on this podcast. But what did you make of his performance, man, at that event? Because in my eyes, that was – one of the most brutal first rounds that an up and coming prospect could go through, you know, he got dropped by a punch, had to fend off submission attempts and then roared back to win the fight and win by submission of his own. And I was just super impressed when you see a teammate do that. What, what does that do for you mentally? And what did you make of his performance? I mean, the, the first round was stressful. It was really stressful. I, I didn't even see what happened uh, cause it was so fast right off the bat. So I just seen him on his back and like, Jake's never on his back. And I'm like, what in the heck just happened? I have no idea. And then just to see him uh, him fight off all those chokes and, and keep the guy close for ground and pound and stuff, it was, it was impressive, man. Jake's a tough kid, and uh, I would put him up against anybody. Yeah, dude. I talked to Isaac a little bit after that fight as well because kind of saying the same thing. Like, you never see Jake on his back. So I think it's kind of funny to see how he would respond in that situation. But knowing – 
how you guys work at the Matt factory, man. How often do you guys put yourselves in bad positions just knowing that that is a possibility in a, in a fight? I mean, all, all the time, especially since we are such a heavily wrestling-based uh, gym, a lot of us don't end up on our backs very often. So Isaac will put us in positions where we have to start on our backs, so we're forced to, to get comfortable with those positions and everything like that. So that's, that, that's definitely something we work a lot. And um, I mean, no matter how much you work, you get dropped with a punch, and then you got to fight a little bit dazed. I mean, that's just toughness right there. It's mental toughness, which was awesome to see. No doubt, man. How, how comfy are you off your back? Like you said, I don't see you fight off your back very often. Obviously, the wrestling background and heavy top grappler. But how do you feel off your back? Uh, I'm getting a lot more comfortable uh, doing the jujitsu uh, grappling side of things for so long. Uh, I, I really tried to start getting more comfortable on my back. And again, going with newer people, especially competing, I would start off my back, start in bad positions with them just to see how far I could get in those bad positions and, and be able to fight out of it. So um, the past four years or so that I've been not fighting and, and doing more of a, a grappling based type of sport, I've gotten a lot more comfortable off my back. That's awesome, dude. And this fight coming up, I got to say when it was announced, not only was I super excited to see, you know, Chris Dempsey back in the fight game, that's exciting in its own right. But the opponent, man, Rex Harris, this is not a, not an easy fight for either of you in your returns because he's been out of the game for a little while as well. I think his last fight was 2018. So it's a really tough fight for both of you guys, both with national experience. You know, obviously you've been in the UFC and Bellator. He's been World Series of Fighting, PFL side of things. This is as, as good as a local matchup gets, man. How excited are you just about the fight itself? I mean, I'm, I'm excited just to get back in there. I, I feel like I've made a lot of progress over the last four years. And, uh, Nobody knows what I've done. Nobody knows. Like, I don't sit there and post, oh, 6 a.m. workout here or staying at the gym till midnight there. And, like, I I think that that's going to, like, really hopefully impress people that I have made progress and I haven't just been sitting on the couch for the past four years. And it's not against some 0-16 guy. It's against somebody else who has proven himself in – and been out there at the highest levels too. So, I mean, I don't want to go fight somebody who's a schmuck. Like mm -hmm. I would rather, I'd rather go out and test myself against somebody who has proven that they are good. Sure, man. That's something I always respected about two, four, sevens matchmaking, man. I think that last brawl in the bird card was a perfect example too. You know, a lot of the local Pittsburgh guys ended up losing on that card and it's just a, a matter of tough, fair matchups all around. So I think when it came out that you were fighting, Rex, I was like, on one hand, I was kind of surprised because it did feel like, you know, it should be kind of a softball. But like you just said, you have no interest in something like that anyway. So is that just the competitive spirit or what is it about like this Rex matchup in particular that gets, gets you excited? I mean, um, not not so much just him, but it is a little bit of my my competitive nature. But at the same time, like there's so many guys that go out there, whether they're boxers, MMA fighters, whatever, and they're going out getting softballs every single time and they won't take a fight unless it is a softball and I, I i never really cared for those guys and i don't ever want to be one of those guys so um i'm glad that they found somebody who is who is proving themselves that i that i'm not just going against some guy who they pulled out of the bar last night and, and just to beat up like i i want to test myself in everything i do so 
Yeah, for sure, man. I think it's funny that you mentioned, like, I'm not always posting, you know, my workouts and everything like that, because I remember an interview very distinctly, maybe probably when you were in the UFC or on the cusp of UFC, maybe like the gladiators of the cage champion days we did. And you were telling me your schedule, man. And like, to this day, I don't understand how you did it. <laughs> like you were talking about <laughs> your full-time job, the workouts, and you were detailing. And there was like two hours of sleep a day at that, at that point in your life. Are you still on a schedule that's that insane? Have things kind of cooled down for you a little bit? Or are you still on that kind of grind? Um, yes and no, I guess. <laughs> that's the answer to that. How are you awake, dude? <laughs> uh, so, I actually slept for a long time last night. That was, nice. uh, that, that was, uh, it was nice to catch up a little bit last night, but <laughs> I mean, between, like, I still work a full-time job. Um, I, I'm training for a fight now and I, and I'm also coaching too. So, I still have a very busy schedule and everything, but uh, there's been like a couple, a couple little changes that have made it a lot easier for me to, to accomplish all of that. I mean, I got a, a different job that, that really helps out uh, with the time frame and stuff. And then also just, just where I'm at in life, really, it just, uh, it's a little less stressful right now than it was back then. And it's, I feel like my schedule has freed up a little bit, but if you talk to other people that are in the camp, it, it doesn't seem that way to them. So. <laughs> well, that's like I said, man, the schedule you were on, probably anything seems like a break from that. Like even a really busy schedule could still seem like a break versus what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. That That's insane, dude. I'll, I'll never forget that because you were, you were detailing like an hour by hour breakdown of your day. And I felt like getting out a notepad and like scribbling the hours. I'm like, wait, this is more than 24 hours in a day. Like there, <laughs> there's no way that this guy's possibly doing all this. Doesn't even, didn't make sense, man. But seriously, I think a lot of people would be interested in this though. When you get on a grind like that and you're a professional fighter, obviously nutrition, you know, everybody talks about sleep, nutrition, taking care of your body. And you're a guy who's always in shape. Like, as you can see right now, clearly you didn't get out of shape during your layoff. Is, do you work like any supplement companies, any meal planning, anything like that to help keep you on track? Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, so the, my girlfriend also fights and she's a lot better with the food side of things. Yeah. So I've, <laughs> I kind of just adopted whatever she's was eating like whatever she was eating. I kind of did the same thing. And it's, it's nice because any wrestler can cut weight. Like we all know how to cut weight. We've been doing it since we we're little kids, but uh, to feel good and get to weight is a different thing entirely. So she's actually kind of helped me out a lot uh, with uh, feeling a little bit better later in this camp than I have in previous camps. So that, and plus I haven't got as big as I used to get when I was fighting full time. Mm hmm. How much different does it feel, man, now that you've signed that bout agreement? You know, the fight is just about a week away at this point, a little less than a week away at this point. How much different does it feel waking up every morning, man? Is that the first thing you think about every day? Like, oh, man, it's, it's go time. Uh, not really. And I was actually <laughs> kind of thinking about this the other day. That's uh, crazy. It just does like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I forget that I'm fighting in a week. Like, it's <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. I maybe it's because I've competed so many times. Like, it's like every weekend I was competing in uh, grappling. So, I guess it's like, oh, okay, I got another competition this weekend. And like, it, I, it's weird because it doesn't even feel like I am going to fight this weekend. It just feels like just a normal week again. And it's, you got to like, sometimes I got to catch myself, especially this week where 
you want to go get that extra protein bar or, or whatever bag of uh crackers or peanuts whatever and you're like oh wait no i gotta make weight on friday yeah this right now yeah no doubt man and i mean this, this in particular going back to johnstown obviously you have really strong ties to johnstown wrestling at upj it's got to be exciting for you man what's it feel like to kind of represent you know not just your return i know there's pride in every fight involved but what's it feel to kind of represent johnstown a little bit as well um so uh i actually did a, a an interview yesterday we kind of talked about this a little bit uh um so Carlton Hasselrig is who I started fighting with out of uh, Cold Steel Gym up in, in Johnstown. And my first MMA fight that I went to, he was he was the one who was fighting. And uh, he was the main event of that fight. And then the last fight I had before I went to the UFC was also at the War Memorial. So nice. to have this be the, where I'm coming back, it kind of means a little bit more because Carlton has passed last July. And so... Now he's not going to be there. And so it, Ryan asked me to actually fight in Pittsburgh because I, I live in Pittsburgh and I'm from Pittsburgh, but I told him that I actually wanted to do go up to Johnstown because of that. So it definitely means a little bit more fighting up there and kind of seeing a lot of the people that I haven't seen in a long time and, and actually seeing some of their support is, is nice because I haven't talked to them and just figured they weren't even paying attention. So that was, that was a good feeling, too. No doubt, man. You mentioned Carlton. Obviously, that's something that I really wanted to talk about with you because for people who don't know, Carlton Hasselrig is quite legitimately one of the best athletes ever from Pennsylvania, in my opinion. I mean, what the guy's done is amazing. If you can just speak to that a little bit, Chris, and what his mentorship meant to you when you were coming up. Because it, it wasn't like, you know, you just had some random guy in your corner. Like, Hasselrig is a legitimate legend that I think a lot of people need to know a little more about. Well, I mean... I'll never forget the first time I was my uh, I registered up at UPJ my sophomore year. So uh, Coach Bacora called me down to the uh, to the sports center and he said, "Hey, uh, Carlin's here. He has a fight coming up. He wants to know uh, you want to work with him for a little bit." So I went in and I worked with him and uh, he was like, "Well, uh, I got a fight coming up. So can you can you start working with me for all the time?" And uh, I was like, "Yeah, definitely." And like it was kind of like didn't seem real that he wanted wanted me to come work with him for his fights and stuff because I mean you go in that room and he has six national titles I mean there's pictures of him like in the cafeteria and the sports center I mean he is a legend he played he played professional football for the Steelers and he never played football in college he, he <laughs> yeah. went to six national titles in college and he never wrestled in high school so I mean it's unreal what he did and it's it's really amazing what he did so for him to be able to, for him to take me under his wing like that was awesome. And then when I graduated, uh, gave me a place to stay and everything for a while. And before I moved back to Pittsburgh and, um, and one other thing I, I'll never forget, I went out to, uh, I went out to the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs for a summer and I was snapping everybody down. And it was like, it, I, I, in my mind, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go back. I'm finally going to take Carlton down. Like it's going to happen. And I go back and Carlton still just put it to me. <laughs> again. I'm like, Man, I'm never even going to get a take down on this guy. Like, <laughs> Were you ever able to, I got to ask. Um, I don't know. I may have got one in years and years of training, but I, I don't think I ever took him down. <laughs> That's amazing, man. What, what? It, go ahead. If, if I did take him down, it was probably because he tripped or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I mean, 
what made him so special to you? Because like you just said, his accolades, the, the dude was a legitimate just freak of nature. And you are somebody who has worked with him, you know, as much as anybody that we could reasonably talk to. What what was it about his style or his work ethic that you think really stands out? Um, so like one, he's just like he's he's a very um intimidating human being. So like for him to be so intimidating to, as, as a human being, but then also be such a good guy at the same time. Uh, it it kind of, it helped me in life in general too. And that was something that I was very happy to, to take from him is that he, so many people go around and try to be a badass all the time. And it's like, he kind of like showed me that you don't need to do that. It's like, you can be a good guy. And then if the time comes, that you have to, you know, you can, and you don't have to prove that to anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's really cool, man. I, I think that's a great lesson to take away. And that's kind of funny too. I was on the last podcast I did with Adam Milstead here, and he was talking about how at local MMA shows, you hardly ever see like actual disagreements. Like there's never really fights in the crowd or in the parking lot or anything like that. And he felt like a big reason of that was why everybody just kind of respected each other. Like, like that same point, like true badasses don't need to go around acting badass. So I think that's a really funny point. And a lot of you guys, obviously the, the Matt factory guys, you guys all kind of have that laid back, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> I could just have, have beers with you guys, but I have no interest in getting in the cage with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we like to do, we like to do on, uh, have fun and work hard too. So it's, um, if you can't do both, then I mean, what what are you really doing? I mean, you have some people who who are just so focused on something, and if they never get there, they never get there. But it's the process that that you have to enjoy. So as as hard as you work, you also have to enjoy that that process because if you're not enjoying it, then you're probably not going to get to where you're going or where you want to go anyway. Yeah, no doubt, man. And on that note, I mean, this is something I've wanted to ask you for a while now since this fight was announced, you know, is this a one-off thing for you just to kind of end your MMA career on your own terms? Or are you looking at this as a total restart, like you're just 100% back committed to it, see how far you can take it? Um, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I'm taking it as just this fight and this fight only. I have no no plans going forward other than going to Worlds in, in October. But uh, as far as fighting goes, I don't have any plans moving forward. Um, I don't, it, it might I might try to fight again. I don't know. Um, but the end goal isn't right now anyway. Isn't go back to the UFC and try to win a UFC title. That's not that's not where I'm going with this. I I kind of took the fight because I was talking to to everybody about it, or not everybody, but a couple close people and. Uh, I realized I was going to get paid if I took a fight again. And I thought about it for a second. I said, I, I was going to take this fight and then forgot that I was going to get paid. So that if, if I was going to do that, that means I really love it. And I, I need to do this again. So uh, it's been a really easy camp. I don't know if it's because I kind of forget that I'm fighting a little bit or if it's because my weight's been lower, I've had a better diet, but uh, it's been a really easy camp as far as uh, on my body and everything. So, I mean, if it continues that way, then maybe I, I but maybe I'm just like, ah, nah, this, I'm just going to go back to grappling. So yeah. I have, I have no plans either way moving forward and we'll just kind of see what happens.
Nice, man. We, we talked about, you know, Jake Lowry a little bit, but obviously the Matt factory has a lot of other guys on the rise too. And I think the Pittsburgh scene as a whole feels extremely strong right now. And we're especially seeing a lot of collegiate wrestlers coming to MMA. I feel like that's happening more than ever right now, especially like this upcoming 247 show is almost like a D1 wrestler convention. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. A lot of, a lot of amateurs making their debut and stuff, man. What's it like for you to see the scene blossoming the way that it is right now? Uh, it's, it's really awesome because uh, there's a lot of guys uh, when I was coming up, we had the, we had the MMA community in Pittsburgh doing this. I mean, uh, comma, he's still doing it. You have, you had Wilkins back then, Cherico, Dom, me, Milstead. Uh, you had a lot of good guys that were driving the sport in Pittsburgh. And then, the there was no promotions around here and then COVID hit it kind of just dropped off like the bottom dropped out we had such good uh um like momentum going forward and, and it just came to a screeching halt but now all those guys myself included are are coaching the new generation so we're just hoping to keep it moving forward whether uh whether it's we get start putting all kind of guys in the UFC and Bellator and stuff or we just kind of keep it local. I mean, some people do it to defend themselves. Some people do it to keep in shape. Some people are trying to be world champions and you need a little bit of everything in the gym. And we, we all have such a passion for it that we just want to keep seeing, see it keep rolling on. No doubt, man. Well, it's sick to see you back into it, dude. I got to say, I was, I was stoked, you know, just selfishly as a fight fan, man. I'm excited to see you back into it, and I'm happy to talk to you again and catch up. Dude, I'm not going to keep you away any longer. You need probably – Isaac's probably about to kick you out of that office anyway any second, I assume. But man. No, he's he's not here today, so I don't uh, even know if he knows I'm in his office. <laughs> nice, nice. Th this interview will come out, and he'll, make, he'll push you extra hard in training. He'll be like, what the hell are you doing using my office, Dempsey? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I appreciate it man i really appreciate the time and i look forward to seeing you in johnstown brother definitely i'll see you I'll see friday or saturday so oh yeah for sure man take care you too